This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Tempo. Dedicated to providing nonstop energy, Tempo Natural Supplements guarantee you'll never miss a beat thanks to its special formulation of natural ingredients and essential nutrients made only with the safest standards. Tempo's most popular supplement, F-Coffee, will give you clarity and focus without all those nasty caffeine side effects like the jitters. Check it out at meetempo.com. That's M-E-E-T-T-E-M-P-O.com. Find your rhythm with Tempo. What's up, everybody? It's time to strap on your favorite kicks, get to your starting positions, and get warmed up for another episode of We Run This. In this episode, we're talking to Michael Chernow. Michael's a chef, entrepreneur, and fitness influencer. After struggling with alcohol addiction and drug abuse at a really young age, Michael was on the quick road to destruction, and his savior was a friend who introduced him to Muay Thai in 2005. For 10 years, Michael would wake up every morning, attend an AA meeting, and then go right to the gym to train Muay Thai. This dedication to staying clean taught Michael discipline, commitment, and that it's okay to fail. And it also taught him the importance of patience and positivity. So after doing the Muay Thai thing and then a few years pounding the pavement training for two different marathons, Michael is now preparing for a bodybuilding competition after getting his pro card earlier this year. In this candid interview with Nick and I, Michael tells us his thoughts about all different things, so fitness, discipline, his philosophies on life, and a hardcore dedication to an NFL team that really keeps letting him down. So let's jump right into the conversation and meet Michael Chernow. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of We Run This. Chris Luminati here with me, as always, is Nick Domingo and a different background. Nick, you have like 17 rooms in multiple houses that I don't even recognize. Anymore. I'm trying to find the right lighting, man. You know, this, this shit's all over the place. You know, first, you're, I'm, I'm, first you're in Canada. Now you're in some attic. I don't even know what the hell you're doing anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to make it work, man. Try to live out here. <laughs> Well, with us today, we have a guest. Michael Chernow is here. Michael, what's up, my friend? What up? How you guys uh, doing? Uh, you and I are already tight because you got a Giants jersey hanging behind you, so we are okay. Uh, I mean, I would love to say that we are okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> we are so far from okay. Like we are nowhere near. I mean, you and I are okay. Uh -huh. Me and this and this guy right here. <laughs> 
not okay. Bad okay. news. Bad news. Bears. The fact that I'm a Browns fan and yeah. I'm actually doing better than two Giants fans is it's saying quite a bit. Nick, yeah. Nick can actually school us on years of being shitty. He can tell us oh, yeah. to have an awful franchise. You know, it's exactly. so funny that you bring up the Browns. So I always use um, sports analogies when I'm talking to teams and like teams, of, you know, in the businesses that I, that I've, I've founded. And um, I always use the Browns as an example, because I'm, oh, I always say, <laughs> I always say, what do you think? You think the Browns walk onto the field every single game thinking they're going to lose? They don't fucking yeah. think they're going to lose. They no, walk they on, do. no, they want. They they <laughs> no, man. They, I'm sure those locker room chats before they hit the field are like, we're going to go out there, we're going to kick some fucking ass. They walk out there optimistic. And unfortunately, they are the they are the kings of getting kicked down and getting back up. The kings. That's that's the life of a Clevelander, man. That's you're right. They they don't go into it. I, I agree with you. I don't think they go into it thinking they're gonna lose. But um, sadly, the last twenty years have produced different results. But uh, that's a that's a different conversation for a different day. Trust well, me, I could go yeah. all day. Actually, I'm going to use that to transition right here because we can talk about business and we're going to talk about all your businesses and your fitness journey and stuff like that. But I think the difference there is, so the Cleveland Browns in the past probably did walk on the field and think they were going to get the shit kicked out of them. But then when you bring in like Baker Mayfield and OBJ, guys with a little bit of swagger, maybe that kind of changes. So Michael, how's that in business? Like when you bring in people with a little bit of swagger, how does that change? You know, here's the deal. My philosophy is you are as strong as your weakest link. And so if the team is not supporting either the newcomers or the people that are sick or the people that have got other shit going on in their lives that are keeping them from being present, you're totally screwed, right? So, you know, I believe in my heart of hearts that you are as strong as your weakest link. It doesn't matter if you have the new hottest you know, whatever, CFO, COO, it's, it's really about how the team is, is working together. And if they're not working together um, on a regular basis, in unison, cohesive, you're in big trouble. And that's why, I'll go back to the Giants, we're a brand new team. We're like, we don't know each other well. We haven't played with each other long enough. It's, it's, a, it's a real, I mean, everything from the coach the GM is only two years old. I mean, three years old. I mean, everybody, it's like a, I don't know, it's, 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 it's literally like a, like a junior varsity. And so, you know, in the, in, in business, it, similarly, you've got to spend time together, real time together in order to sort of get your groove. So along those same lines, like how long do you find it? Obviously a sports analogy is one thing, you know, a sports team, like you have, have to turn it around pretty quickly in your life with business, the people you work with, you surround yourself with, you know, what's your patience for that? Like how fast are you expecting results and, and that continuity and that cohesion to come together? Um, well, you know, so I, I'm, I guess I would describe myself as a real hands-on leader. Um, I am specifically for the first couple of years that I launch and, and I'm running a business. I'm in the trenches hard. I am, you know, and, and I'm in the restaurant business. So what that means is I'm at the restaurant, literally, 
most people that don't know who I am, actually, when they see me running around the restaurant, they think I'm like a waiter or busboy or, you know, <laughs> bartender, whatever it is, because I'm like all over the place, cook. Um, and so, you know, I, I, have an, I have an enormous amount of patience for um, harmony, uh, because I know it takes time. I also have a very threshold for pain. I've, you know, and, and I guess we'll get into it when I tell my story a little bit, but, you know, I, I walked a pretty rough path for the, for a number of years from my teenage years to my early twenties. And something changed for me in my early twenties where I started taking my life very seriously, fun way, but I really started to buckle down and, 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 and create something for myself. And, uh, the first thing I did, or the first thing that was interesting when those changes started to happen was martial arts. And so I got deeply involved in Muay Thai kickboxing and getting, you know, being put into a scenario where I was literally getting my ass kicked, like actually getting like my ass kicked on a very, very regular basis, learning that the only thing I had to do was get back up. That was the only thing I had to do because I knew that I wasn't going to go in there and kick someone's ass. These guys are so much, these guys have been doing it for so much longer than me. So really the, I think the name of the game is getting back up in everything. If you do not give up and you have the dignity, the integrity, the, the desire, the passion to want to get back up, everything else will fall into place. Once you throw in your fucking towel, you give up, you quit, you know, like, let's talk about fitness and nutrition, you know, like you say, all right, today I'm going to start. And then you got a party to go to four days later. And at that party, there's barbecue and, and brisket and biscuits and fucking cheese plates and, you know, cakes and pies and all sorts of shit. And you just say, F it, I'm going for it. That's okay. All you have to do is get back up. Like all you have to do is, 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 is get back to, to the plan. Most people, once they, once they throw in the, once they give in and they're like, fuck it, I'm eating all the brisket. <laughs> that's it. They fall right back into a pattern of, of, of not doing what they actually want to do and like hating themselves. So the name of the game in anything, as far as I'm concerned, is getting back up. And that's why I think the Cleveland Browns um, are a team that I use as a reference because they always get back up. It doesn't matter. They've lost for years, for years. Like I'm a Giants fan, die hard. Just because the Giants have absolutely sucked for the last four years, you better fucking believe that at, on Sundays at 345, for a four o'clock or 425 game, I am wearing my Giants jersey. I am wearing my Giants hat. My two young sons are in their Giants jerseys and their Giants hats, and they really believe that they're gonna win that game. <laughs> like, absolutely. I, I walk in, I'm like, we're gonna win. And so it's all about getting back up. Yeah, I wish I still had that mindset <laughs> for the Giants. <laughs> Everything else I'm good. But for the for the Giants, uh, I wish I had that mindset. But look, man, it's 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 <laughs> it's sort of wavering on me a little bit. But like, I I still wear the I still wear the uh, the uniform. 
Well, you mentioned it before, but let's let's walk it back. So, you know, you said fitness is a huge part of your life. It started, you're on this downward slope. Why did you choose Muay Thai? Like, what, like a lot of people had that thing. For Nick and I, it was kind of like running for the both of us. Yours was a fighting thing. What attracted you to that? Um, so I guess I'll, I'll peel it back even further. I grew up in New York City. I was exposed to a lot of um, amazing culture and the best of the best restaurants, the epicenter of, of culture in the United States of America, for sure, fashion and all that stuff. Like I, I, I not only was exposed to it, but I really paid attention to it and, 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 and was passionate about everything, you know, from food to fashion, uh, fitness and, and all of it. Um, when I was really young, I wanted to be a ninja. Like I was like, when I was like a little kid, you know what I mean? Like I loved, I loved the last dragon and Kung Fu flicks and Bruce Lee. And like, I just like, I remember like four or five, six years old. Like I really just wanted to be, I wanted to be a ninja. And I remember, you know, I didn't spend a lot of time with my dad, but every once in a while, my dad would take me to Chinatown and, um, and we would go into these like little Chinese stores and in the back of the store that my dad knew about, um, there were these like, you know, Kung Fu setups. So there'd be like nunchucks and ninja stars and ninja outfits and like the, 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 the shoes with the split toes. And like, I just loved that whole martial arts thing. I, you know, I, I actually, you know, that, I don't know if you guys know that movie, The Last Dragon with mm -hmm. Bruce Leroy, but that was a massive movie for me as a young kid. And I ended up having the uh, awesome opportunity to train with Ty Mac who played Bruce Leroy uh, he would, he trained me for a while. Um, but anyway, so I think that that was something that I always had a dream of, of sort of like getting into as a young kid. And then when I, when I was 12 years old, I really got into doing drugs and, and partying and working at night. And so I had my first job in a restaurant when I was young, when I was 12, 13 and all the sports and all that stuff that I was passionate about as a young kid sort of got thrown in the trash. And I, and I really sort of started walking this, this, this darker path. Um, when I was 23, somehow, some way, I was able to really come out on the other side and I got sober and I've been sober for the last 16 years. But the guys, a couple of guys that I knew very, you know, sort of like peripherally, they were the guys that I looked up to. They were, they were like covered in tattoos. They were cool dudes. I had no idea that they were sober, but they saw me, you know, starting to get my shit together. And they, they dragged me to a Muay Thai gym because they both were Muay Thai competitors. And they brought me into this place right when I started getting my life together. And they said, here's the deal. And I, you know, towards the end of my drinking days, I, I just ended up in fights, man. I, I, just, I just did, I ended up in fights a lot. And, um, and I'm not proud of it, but it's part of my story, you know? Um, and so they knew that I had this sort of anger thing. Um, and so they dragged me to a Muay Thai gym and they said, dude, you're going to get your ass kicked and, and you're going to, and, and, and we're going to guide you and help you. But like, you're going to come here every day and you're going to train and you're going to eat chicken and broccoli and oatmeal in the morning. And that's what you're going to do. And you're going to get your life back. And dude, then, I mean, at 23, that's got to be kind of a revelation. I mean, 23, you're still a baby and you're, you know, you're getting dragged to, change your life around. So, I mean, kudos to you that you were able to 
not only, you know, be open to it, but stay disciplined to do it for 16 years. Um, yeah, not to interrupt you. I, I just, I had to say it, you know, cause I mean, I think that that's, that's, I, I don't even know at 36, you know, to have that discipline and say, I'm going to stick with this and change my entire life. So like what, what kind of made you from that time at 12 or 13, when you had that first job at restaurants, the 23, like what, why wouldn't you just like, dude, I'm a kid. This is what 20 year old kids do is they get in fights, they drink and they party. Because for me, it wasn't, you know, because the way I was living wasn't, wasn't what 23 year olds do. I mean, I, I was way deep into a world underworld of New York city, drug abuse and, um, you know, and I still, I always had a job. I mean, I was always, I always had money in my pocket. I always had a job, but I really, you know, I really got, got, you know, pulled into this really bad, dark place. And, uh, and I knew that I had a problem, right? Like, you know, if I thought it was just like, you know, weekend warrior style drinking or just partying with friends and, and doing, you know, the, you know, the early twenties in New York city thing, you know, but like I was ODing, you know, I was, I was really, you know, I'm an extreme guy in everything I do. There's nothing that I do half-ass. And if I'm going to do it half-ass, I bail right away. Right. Cause I know it's not something that I'm actually passionate about. So I don't waste time with anything that I'm not actually going to give my hundred percent all to. And so when it came to partying, fuck dude, I gave my hundred percent all to it for 10 years. I really did. I like really, really strove. I strove to, uh, to, to, to be the, the biggest and the best. And, um, and then one day, you know, one day I just enough was enough. And I was, I was lucky to be able to change my life. Um, and I'm so grateful for that because now I have a life that's like, I could never have dreamed or imagined that I'd be sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in today. And so, you know, I, I, um, once I, once I linked up with the right people and saw that there was a life way, you know, way better than what I was living, um, I sunk into it and, uh, everything changed from that, that point on. And I became obsessed with fitness and nutrition and living a life better than yesterday, trying to literally live every single day. Like it's my best, not my last. And, uh, cause before it was like living every day, like it was my last. And now I've sort of changed that. And I, I say like, let me try to live every day. Like it's my best. And I don't win all the time, but, um, you know, I certainly know that I wake up with a positive, optimistic mindset and it's been amazing. Walk us through, um, we're going to get into the fitness and the marathon thing, the marathon stuff real quick, but walk us through, what was it like the first time with the Muay Thai, like that you took an ass beating? Like what went through your head? Were you like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Or were you like, yeah, let's do this again. Like, how does that, cause that's gotta be a different feeling. Like if you're going to fight on the street, that guy just got the better of you that day. But when you're in something where these guys are trained and you're so far behind and they're just like manhandling you the way they want, like what was going through your mind? Uh, you know, I, I, I think I fell in love with it immediately. I really did. Um, I think that uh, at that stage in my life, I really wanted to be something that I was not. Um, I really, I really wanted to, um, you know, I, I, I aspired to be better. And so when I was in the, in the, in the, the academy with a bunch of other dudes that were 
just getting after it, I was inspired, man. And I wanted, I, for the first time in years, I wanted to be better. I really wanted to get good. And so I just knew that like, I can't remember the first time I got my ass kicked because they don't really let you spar right away. Um, but I can tell you that like, there's been so many times where I've just walked into like walk, even walking to the academy, knowing that I'm going to be sparring and, you know, at a certain, at a certain level, sparring in Muay Thai specifically and boxing, but really Muay Thai is a little bit more dangerous because there's kicks involved. And so sparring is a full on fight. You know what I mean? And especially when you're sparring with somebody that's a lot better than you, um, you just, you, you just learn to love like, and so there's a, there's a, there's a quote that I, that I've sort of coined that I learned from Muay Thai. And it, it, you know, you got to learn to love the heart and the hurt because the shit fucking hurts, dude. <laughs> life is not easy it is painful and it's hard and if you can't appreciate and embrace the hurt you got like a very small chance of reaching the peak you know when you think about a mountain right and if you're a mountaineer right like think about a mountain the amount of time that you spend climbing the fucking mountain compared to the amount of time that you spend at the peak it's non-comparable, mm -hmm. right? Like guys that climb Everest or gals that climb Everest, they're on the top of the mountain for like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. they, spend, they spend days, weeks, waiting, months, years training. So, you know, like I've learned through everything that I've done, be it fitness and competitive fitness, uh, nutritional sort of challenges, launching businesses, running businesses, exiting from businesses, married for a very long time at my age, two kids. It's all about the journey and the climb. Like the, the, the learning is in the losses and really being cool and appreciating that because <laughs> the peaks are fleeting, man. And typically the, the, the walk down goes a lot faster than the climb up. But when you get to the bottom, what you learn is there's just another climb ahead of you. You know what so I mean? Like you're not just gonna, a, yeah. That's a great transition into, you know, the, the fitness stuff because, you know, from Muay Thai to what you're doing now, you know, training for mar or have completed two marathons and, and everything else, the way that you live your life, you know, with the businesses you do, how did that prep you for that? Because, you know, you always wonder about an athlete. The biggest question about a pro athlete is like, what are a great pro athlete? What are they going to do to get that competitive or scratch that competitive itch once there isn't a sport to play anymore? You know, Derek Jeter, what was he going to do after baseball? And you saw he wasn't out of baseball for that much longer. He got back into it after doing the Players Tribune and stuff. So for you, once you completed that, you got out of your, your dark underground demon that you you were in when you tackled my muay thai got good at that did you have another you know what was your next thing that you were like i need to tackle this like i'm competitive as fuck i need to i need to do something else to push myself fail learn from it and and be great at yeah so you know it, it's interesting you say that so i part of the the what what makes great Muay Thai competitors great is conditioning. 
right? Like you can have the best hands in the world. You can have the sharpest roundhouse in the world. Your knees can be on fire. Your elbows can be fast and sharp. But if you don't have conditioning, you, you run out of steam real fast, right? And like three, three minute rounds seems like a short period of time, right? It's about 12 minutes with a minute rest in between. But when you're in there fighting for three minutes straight, when there's elbows, knees, fists coming at you, it's fucking very hard. It's really difficult. And so what I learned, what, what happened to me um, in Muay Thai was I said, I not only want to have great hands and, and, and great skills with my legs, but I really wanted to win everybody with conditioning because I'm not a big guy. And so the only way I'm going to win is to learn how to take a hit because I've got to get close to the person. And then I've got to be able to have stamina that's just going to take everybody out and just not get winded. And so I picked up running in a real way. Um, and running became a big part of my, uh, my training for Muay Thai. And it just, and, and, I, and also running, you know, opened up so many other doors for me to look inside self-development. I mean, I, I created meatball shop on runs. I created Seymour's on runs, all the menu items, everything from the vision of those two businesses were sort of developed on long runs. And so uh, when, when Muay Thai became less a part of my life, I, I competed Muay Thai and trained Muay Thai for 10 years. Uh, I said, you know, I want to, I really want to take a stab at long distance running. And so in 2008, I ran a marathon and I did really well. Um, and then I took a bunch of time off of um, like marathon training. Um, and, uh, and then I ran my second marathon, which is the New York City Marathon. I led Team City Harvest in 2018. Um, but it, I'd say in about in, in, in 2016, really, um, is when I actually got more into weight training, strength training. And uh, three weeks ago, I actually just won. Uh, who froze competition that I was in and I got awarded my pro card. So bodybuilding became a big part of my life. Um, and, um, and so right now running is a little bit less uh, a part of my life, long distance running. I still do three to five miles a couple days a week, but my main focus right now is, is bodybuilding. And I was after getting that pro card, I really wanted to be a pro athlete. And, uh, and, and on September 19th, I, I made that happen, which was fucking awesome. Well, dude, that's dope. Congrats. Congratulations on that. Um, to, for, the, for the running thing, like, it, no one really can train themselves. Muay Thai, you're either going to be into it or not into it. A lot of people can convince themselves or, like, coach themselves into liking running. Did you like it at first? Like, were you one of those guys that kind of avoided it at all costs? Or did you, were you, did you gravitate towards it immediately? Um, I... Uh... I was told I had to do it to be better. <laughs> That's a good way to start. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and I'm also, I'm also like, I, I, I take direction well, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when somebody that I, I, I looked up to and was a mentor of mine was like, look, man, like, you know, you can half-ass this or you can like be really good at it. And if you want to get good at it, you got to run. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, in those early days, I remember I was so proud of the Muay Thai stuff that I would wake up at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning, every single morning, and I would run around the city in my Muay Thai shorts, 
And, uh, <laughs> and I would do these runs. I lived on Second Avenue between 5th and 6th Street. I would run down to Canal Street, across Canal Street to the West Side Highway, up to 32nd Street or 34th Street, come back around. And I would do that every single morning um, before breakfast. And, uh, and that's what really started my running, my running um, was that like literally the guy that, that, that sort of was showing me a lot of tough love because he saw some potential in me was like, dude, if you want to get anywhere close to being good at this, I'm not talking about great because you're so far from great, but if you want to get good, <laughs> you got to start running. And so I did and I, be, and, I, and I learned to love it real fast because it became such a huge part of my life. It's like, a, it's, li it's literally still to this day, I would say, you know, I've dabbled in meditation, um, but I, I would honestly say that the, like meditation for me is, is absolutely in, in running and, and also in strength training. I, I really get into a zone, you know. So are you a music listener when you're running or do you listen to podcasts or what? Because a lot of people, you know, they can't kind of think, you know, a business concept like you mentioned with Meatball Shop and stuff coming to you. So I'm interested to hear if uh, you know, you're blasting music while, while thinking or you just kind of free bird it, man. Yeah, so I, I, I actually have, um, a few different sort of styles that I that I like to do. Uh, if I need to work through something, my my number one always go to if I really need to think through something, or if I'm in the early days of development for a business, or I I run without any music or any anything, um, and I really give myself the time because I I'm able to really focus. Um, and then also the run just sort of like flies by when I'm really just sort of going through shit. And I'll have my, I mean, you know, I'll have my phone with me like in a pocket somewhere. And if I come up with a great idea, I stop and I write it in my notes. Um, but, you know, if I'm just running for the actual cardio, um, I'll listen to podcasts, I'll listen to music. Um, you know, there's not a single album in a genre of music that, um, I don't listen to like first, like I'm, I'm just up on Apple music, new albums constantly. So, uh, you know, I've got a, I've got an amazing gym at my house upstate. I've also just relocated from New York city about six, seven months ago when the pandemic really hit, mm -hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, my wife and myself and my two kids, uh, we, uh, we packed up our stuff in the city, rented out our place and moved to our house upstate. And so I've been up here, um, living in this bubble, you know, like turn my this guest room into my office and the garage into my gym. Um, and it's really been, I mean, I hate to say this in this kind of crazy time, but it's been pretty fucking awesome. Like, <laughs> I feel really, I'm, 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 yeah, I mean, I just never thought that I'd be so content uh, living outside of New York City because I'm so, I'm such a New Yorker. Uh -huh. But, uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm, happy as hell. I'm, I'm sure half of New York is living around you right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the property values are insane up here. Yeah. Now. What, part, what part of no New York? I never thought that up, uh, it's a little town called Ghent. It's just outside of Hudson, New York. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Somewhat familiar. Um, so back to the, the, the running and then transitioning. So how did you go from, I want to run to now I want to competitively lift weights and do strength training? How did that happen? Um, well, did so you just, get, I should ask quick, did you get like bored with running? A lot of people just get bored. Like I'm kind of going through this phase where I'm slightly a little bit bored of it. I don't want to say that on a running podcast, but <laughs> no, no, you know, I, so it's interesting. 
So <clears throat> I had started lifting weights probably in 2016. I started to really become interested in, in lifting weights because you got to understand in Muay Thai and in running really, you know, like the only real train, if you're competitive at it, the only real training you want to do is maybe some kettlebell work um, because it's, it's great for sort of functional fitness. Mm -hmm. um, you don't really like, it doesn't really tighten up specific like isolated muscle groups necessarily, uh, mm -hmm. kettlebell training. And so I had done a bunch of kettlebell training when I was, you know, doing Muay Thai. Um, but really, I did a lot of calisthenics. So it was like push-ups, pull-ups, dips, and core, no weights at all. I, my goal was to be as light and as fast as possible. And, you know, if you want to be light and fast, weight training is not really the, the, the direction. Um, you know, running, mobility, calisthenics, that's what like I really focused on. And so as I was sort of transitioning out of Muay Thai, um, I started picking up weights because I just enjoyed sort of doing something new. And then um, I, I agreed to do the, the, the New York City Marathon in 2018. And it was, I got to say, the New York City Marathon was top, top five days of my life, probably done and running through the finish line was, was just, and having my two little kids there and my wife, like, you know, it was just, it just never, ever forget. And then walking through my hometown of New York with the, you know, the, the, uh, the metal on my chest was just awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but I was at the gym uh, a few weeks later and I ran into a friend there and she had just done a, a, a bikini bodybuilding show. And she said, Hey, have you ever done any kind of like, like physique bodybuilding? And I was like, no, I've never done physique bodybuilding. She was like, you should try it. You should, you should try it. And then I was like, yeah, maybe she's right. Maybe I should try it. <laughs> and that was it. I got hooked. I got a coach immediately. And I, I competed in my first bodybuilding competition about six months later um, in Los Angeles. Uh, and uh, I placed top 10 in my category. Um, I didn't place in the top three. And then I really got serious. And I, and I said, I'm going to give myself a year to really put time and energy into it try to put on a little muscle um, and, and take it seriously, of course, naturally, um, not with steroids or anything like that, though I have nothing against steroids, but just for me, you know, it's a natural thing. And, uh, and, and, um, and so I started training really hard with a coach who, uh, who knew that I was like a dedicated athlete and he gave me a lot of his time and he really sort of just like knew that anything he said I was going to do. And, um, I went out there and I gave it my all and I, I, you know, we had a show that was scheduled for May 30th. That show obviously canceled with COVID. We found another show on October 10th that was supposed to happen, you know, in two days uh, in Brooklyn that canceled. And this was back in August when they had canceled that show. So we were like, fuck man. And it's really the, 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 the training is not something that I, that's challenging, but in, in bodybuilding, it's nutrition. That's really hard. Mm -hmm. um, and so we were really close, you know, and you start dieting three months before a show. Cause you know, on stage you're like 3% or less body fat. And it's really hard to get to that place. Um, and so you take time getting down there. And so uh, in August, I was looking really good. I was like fucking, I was right there for this October show. 
Um, and then he said, look, man, you know, I don't think it's going to happen this year. And it was devastating because I was training so hard and I was so dialed in on my nutrition. And so I said, you know what, man, I'm going to, I'm going to dissect the, the bodybuilding world and find a show. And sure enough, somehow, some way I found an OCB show in on September 19th in, uh, in Maine, just outside of Freeport, um, or Portland, Maine. And, um, it was a small show. Uh, but I showed up, there was like 35 people there and, um, I gave it my all and I won the, the men's physique novice and the men's physique open categories. And, uh, and then they gave me my pro card and it was, yeah, it was really worth yeah. Nice. Uh, walk us back real quick. Cause you said nutrition is really important. Did, did you ever have to, um, did you ever do any of the training while you were working on a restaurant? Cause I feel like that's kind of hard to, for at least it would be for me to uh, be on a strict diet and then work in a restaurant where delicious food is walking past your face every three seconds and not being able 100%. to. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. And that's the difference between, that's the difference between people that want something and people that don't really want something, you know, <laughs> like I got sober behind the bar of a restaurant. I mean, I, I stopped drinking after being like a crazy maniac alcoholic and I bartended for years sober. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm the kind of, I'm like, when I say I'm extreme, I, I think that I have an, an uh, you know, I have my own, I have a podcast called Born or Made. And the Born or Made podcast is, um, it's a podcast where I get to interview people that have inspired me. And I ask them the question, whether they think they were born with an inherent, an, an inherent ability to get to where they're at in life, or if they were made over time. I believe that everybody is born with something. The journey in life is trying to find out what that something is and fucking capitalize on it. I think that I was born with a always get up mentality, period. Like I, I think that I was born to make people happy because I love people, but I also think I was born with a like always get up mentality. And, um, and so, you know, if I, if I, if I like commit to something and I say, I'm going to do it out loud, I say, I'm going to do a lot of shit in my head, <laughs> but if I say it out loud, I'm going to fucking do it. And so there's nothing that, you know, my family hates that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like my wife hates the fact that I weigh every single gram of food and ounce of liquid that goes into my body. <laughs> she hates it. Um, but I will say this, like, you know, that, that is my life for six months out of the year. Mm -hmm. And then the other six months, I'm still, I'm still, I still keep it regimented. You know what I mean? Like I do weigh most of my meals. Um, I'm not, I don't have a bodybuilding competition in, in my path right now. And this is the first time, you know, I just came off of that show. So, but this is the first time in a long time that I, ha I do not have my next mountain to climb in front of me outside mm -hmm. of a business that I'm launching soon. So I said, you know, the physical challenges have been backed up year after year after year. Every year I have some big, big fitness challenge to com complete. But I said consciously this year, you know, for the next 12 to 18 months, I'm not going to put a physical challenge in my path because I'm, I'm launching a new business. And that is what I'm going to focus on. You know, of course, my family first, but the business is really what I'm going to put my energy towards. I'm going to train my fucking ass off so that once that business is up and running and ready and rocking and rolling, I can then choose what I want to do next uh, in terms of fitness. But uh, yeah, I don't have any, any competitions uh, that I'm, that I'm staring down the barrel of right now. 
my like final question for you is pretty simple but like how the fuck do you do it all man like how do you have work-life balance and and put your family first and run successful businesses and take care of yourself and compete and be a pro athlete like it's it's amazing and and inspiring to hear but like what's your secret sauce bro you know i think it's a really good question i get asked a lot um and i could honestly say i i don't know uh what propels me to want to live literally live a life where i try to out i try to be better every day um I have habits that I have implemented into my life consistently that give me the confidence to want to win and want others around me to win. Um, and so I really do, I really do believe that we are our habits. Um, and, uh, and that's good and bad. So for me, I've been lucky enough to like place little wins in my day every single day that allow me to to walk through life knowing that every single day there's going to be some sort of a win and those little wins ultimately manifest into great opportunities and victories and uh you know and those little habits man they start they're so small but like you know i wake up every single morning very early i wake up at 5 15 every morning the second i open my eyes i smile from ear to ear and i hold it for 15 seconds literally it's it's weird <laughs> but um i do i hold that smile for 15 seconds and i can literally feel like positivity wash over my body sort of like when you're lying on the beach at noon at like noon time and the sun is so strong and, and you can feel that warmth just sort of like totally penetrate your body i feel that every single morning when i open my eyes and i smile from ear to ear i start my day with positivity and optimism right out the gate i just it's 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 a, it's become a habit that's ingrained in me um and uh and then i have a whole morning routine that i do um but I wake up, I put, you know, I say I put my family first and, and, and that is true, but really, actually it's not true. I put myself first and, and, and I mean that in the best way possible. I wake up super duper early in the morning so I don't sacrifice time with my family um, for myself, but I do put myself first because by seven o'clock, in the morning, 7.30 in the morning, I have already worked out, prayed, meditated, you know, done all the things I do to make sure that I'm well inside. <clears throat> and then and only then can I really be a great dad. Can I really be a great husband? Can I really love my family and love the people around me? The only way I can really do that is if I can love myself and I feel well. And I know that that shit sounds super duper hokey pokey, um, but it's, 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 it's my truth. You know, I, I do that shit in the morning before everybody gets up so that I can be the best version of myself for my family and for my businesses and for my friends. And, uh, and, and I think that piece right there, the fitness and nutrition piece that I take care of first thing in the morning, 
is my foundation. And I think, and I feel so goddamn good when I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm like, I can't wait to go to bed at night to wake up in the morning to train. I can't, it's like crazy, but because I know how, how good it makes me feel. And so when you ask the question, what do you think it is? What's the secret sauce? I think that's it, man. I think it's laying the foundation of the wins that are gonna make you feel good on not a weekly basis or a monthly basis, but on a motherfucking daily basis. How do you win every single day in the beginning of your day so that the rest of your day, you're starting on top and that's it. Nice. Well, I really, I really like that. And I, but I have one final question. I mean, I want to end on that, but something you said popped in, well, <laughs> something you said the whole time popped in my head and I, I kind of just like stuff like that. So I want to spitball with you. You watch what you eat, fitness, regimented, everything is measured. Let's <clears throat> pretend there's an empty plate right in front of you. This meal doesn't count. You don't have to weigh it. It's not calories. It's nothing. You got an empty plate. You can build it with whatever you want on that plate. What's going on there? Um, well, lots of things. <laughs> Go. It's okay. It's and, and I unlimited. But, but I, but I, I want to also preface this by saying that when I'm not training for something very specific, like a bodybuilding competition, mm -hmm. I give myself two meals a week, no matter what. Okay. And those meals are, they consist of an appetizer, mm -hmm. an entree and a dessert. And I typically take one of those on Saturday and one of those on Sunday. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and so I don't deprive myself of awesome, delicious fucking food, but okay. uh, on that plate would probably go three or four rolls of sushi that I love more than anything in the world. And I get them at a very specific sushi restaurant <laughs> and they're just unbelievable. I would put the burger, the, the, the blue cheese, a Rugford cheese burger from the spotted pig right in the center of mm. the plate. I put a humongous stack of sweet potato fries cause I love sweet potato fries and a lot of ketchup. Mm -hmm. I'd probably put a slice of pizza from Defara Pizza in New York <laughs> City because it doesn't get better than that. Mm -hmm. um, and next to that, I would have a smallish bowl of Kraft mac and cheese, with like <laughs> double double cheese powder. That's so random. Of, like, yeah. It's so random because you came um, with all these like specific places then you're yeah, like fucking Kraft mac and cheese right here. Kraft <laughs> right. mac and cheese just holds a very special place in my heart. And then, and then a massive monstrous bowl of um, ice cream, um, probably from Milk Bar or Cool House, where they just throw everything in the ice cream. You know, there's Snickers mm -hmm. bars and Reese's Pieces and Punter Peanut Butter Cups. I'm a huge Reese's Peanut Butter Cups dude. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's probably that's probably what it would be, something like that. <laughs> the reason I wanted to ask is because you know we are a fitness podcast. And I know a lot of people listen to us while they're like running or working out or whatever. So I thought nothing would piss people off more than us building a fantasy plate of food <laughs> at the end of the podcast. <laughs> so yeah, and like I, I I like specifically called out the places where these things are from. Yeah, because you know food is such a huge part of my life. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've like, I've journeyed through life 
with food. Mm-hmm. You know, food is is what I built a, a platform on, and so it's it means so much to me. Um, and uh, you know, so you know, the, like the 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 spotted pig, unfortunately, I think is actually closed now, but probably the best burger I've ever had in my life, hands down, right. the bar of pizza. So you know. good. Have you had the spotted pig burger? Every time I'm in New York, man, I always make a, or would make a trip into West Village to, to eat it. It's so good. The, the little string so fries and all that, it's just amazing. The string fries. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So you know the deal. It's like, it's one of those burgers that you want to take your time with. Like if I'm eating a burger, which I do pretty regularly, like I kind of like inhale the burger. I don't really take my time with it. With the spotted pig burger, I just like, I take a bite and I chew it and I chill and then I take another <laughs> bite, you know? Favorite. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, appreciate you taking the time, man. Uh, where, tell us where we can find you, where people can find you. Um, yeah, you can find me at Michael Chernow, uh, pretty much on all platforms. Um, you can find Seymour's uh, at Seymour's uh, if you want to check out my seafood restaurant concept at Meatballers for the meatball shop. Uh, that's that's social media. And then um, I've got a great podcast called uh, Born or Made with Michael Chernow. Uh, it, would, it would mean a lot if you love to listen to podcasts, if you check mm-hmm. me out on that, because I'm trying to build that thing. I, and um, and that's it. Awesome. Well, Michael, Michael, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And uh how long is the jersey going to hang there? Like forever? Or what's going to happen? Good. I'm a Giants fan. I'll, listen, I'll tell you something funny. Last thing. I don't force my – I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old, two boys, uh-huh. Coda and Finley. I have not forced them to do anything in life. I have zero interest. I'm not going to push them towards sports. You know, <clears throat> I don't care what they do. The only thing – that I have, it is a non-negotiable mm-hmm. is that they watch the Giants game with me on Sundays <laughs> and they dress up in uniform. That's the only thing, the only thing. So that just goes to show how much of a Giant fan I am. That, yeah, that's that fair. It's going to stay. That's fair. It's going to be, I mean, this is a rough year to indoctrinate. I mean, they kind of don't know what's going on. Like w- once they learn what's going on with sports, then they might kind of revolt, but right now I'm sure they're fine. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. <laughs> well, oh. Michael, it, it was great talking to you, man, and uh, we really appreciate it. And good luck with everything. Good luck with the podcast, and, and we wish you the best. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. And that brings another episode of We Run This to a Close. Nick and I want to thank everybody for listening. If you love the podcast, please share it with friends or leave a review on iTunes. And remember to follow Nick and I on social media. He's at It's Nick Domingo, and I'm at Chris Luminati on Twitter, or follow us both on Instagram at We Run This underscore pod. Until next time, see everybody out there. <laughs>